like that. You want to try that. All right, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. And we're doing something a little bit different today. I'm recording this on Saturday. I'm not recording this on Sunday or Monday as per usual. I'm going to be busy, I would guess, most of Sunday and most of Monday. So I'm not going to be able to record a show then. So I thought, you know what? Might as well do it Saturday while I'm sitting here. It is 6.50 right now here on this beautiful Saturday here in Urbandale, Iowa. And I'm sitting on my couch in my living room instead of doing it in the office downstairs. As per usual, we are watching BYU versus Coastal Carolina. The Mormons versus the Mullets or the Mullets versus the Mormons. However you want to look at it. Watching Zach Wilson play. He's had a pretty decent game so far from what I've seen anyways, from the BYU quarterback. Thought 8 for 15, 135, one touchdown, one pick. And that pick came on a last-second throw of the first half, which got, as you know, as I said, the last, that pick came at the end of the first half. He's going deep again, and it is, oh, I dropped, oh, so close. Almost a perfect throw from Zach Wilson right there, who is rising up draft boards at a historic rate, starting from the offseason. Until now, I don't think a lot of people had him in the first round, let alone the top 10 of mock drafts. But yet, here we are on December 5th, looking at Zach Wilson as a top quarterback prospect. And it's awesome, because he's fun to watch. This is the first team that a lot of people would say BYU has, quote-unquote, played this season. And I'd be one of those people, because BYU, as we've said, combined records of teams before this game were 30-38. and it's not great. It's not a great. And I'm not bashing BYU for that because they couldn't really get anything going. All the conferences, the games that they had originally scheduled pulled out because their conferences said no conference games. Conferences or no non-conference games, I should say. Conferences like the Big Ten, Pac-12, I'm pretty sure the Mountain West as well. Like that stuff. BYU, formerly of the Mountain West Conference, went independent uh, like three years ago, I would guess. I think two or three years ago, BYU went independent. And now we are here, 9-0, 13th ranked, Coast Carolina 18th ranked, and 9-0 playing on this disgusting, I don't care what you say, this turf is disgusting. This whatever you want to call it, this sea foam green thing, this teal, this cyan colored thing we got going on here. Oh, BYU with a big run there. First down for the Mormons against the Mullets. And we had, we talked about a little bit of Zach Wilson's interception that he threw right at the end of the first half, and there was uh, some chippiness going around from the Coastal Carolina side. Uh, Zach Wilson threw the pick, so a linebacker, I would guess he was a linebacker, came over, tried to block him, and then big number 94 came over and just pretty much slammed Zach Wilson into the ground and kept pushing him into the ground. And uh, yeah, of course, as most football players do when they see their quarterback getting hit unnecessarily, they're going to defend their quarterback. That's how it's been drilled in their heads from coach. Every coach at every level has drilled that into their players. Zach Wilson just missed an easy throw right there. Yeah, not... Uh, it's, uh, yeah, other than Boise State, and Boise State hasn't been that great this year, for Boise State's high standards since the late 2000s into the 2010s, Zach Wilson's been getting hit a lot in this game. Now 8 of 17, 135 and a touchdown, as we said. Yeah, it's been a... Interesting game to say the least. I did not think I'd be sitting here on a Saturday 
and watching BYU Coastal Carolina battle of two undefeated teams and a battle of an NFL pro- draft prospect. I did not think I'd be seeing this this year. If you had told me back in, what, July, that, Logan, you'll be sitting down on December 5th watching BYU versus Coastal Carolina and thoroughly enjoying the game, might I add, I would have called you crazy. And yes, here we are. Beautiful game. Beautiful day here for football. Iowa, they just got done beating Illinois for the seventh straight year. Sixth or seventh straight year, they beat Illinois. And that just brings up, the reason that reminded me of it, is because Zach Wilson, which has been talked about a lot here in Iowa, the state of Iowa, had an offer to play for the University of Iowa, but Spencer Petrus took the offer away and committed to the University of Iowa. Now, back then, Petrus was a four-star. Zach Wilson was a three-star. So, you know, you can look at it from the high school perspective. Well, Iowa got the better prospect. But now we're talking about pro prospects here, and I don't think Petrus is really anywhere close to touching Zach Wilson as in regards to pro prospect at this point in time. Now, Petrus had himself a good game today. No turnovers, three touchdowns, 220 yards passing. Woke up in the second half, as did most of the team. Iowa really turned it on in the second half, scoring 22 points in the second half, uh, 13 in the second quarter, none in the first quarter. They played very sloppy. They were down 14 nothing to start, and they slowly but surely clawed their way back into the game. Brandon Smith led the team in receiving, as he always should. Amir Smith-Marseille had two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. And, yeah, Zach Wilson just got sacked for, like, a 15-yard loss. It's not great. It's not really great. But, yeah, I'm not really the, – the the vendetta that Peters has not played good this year and that there should still be a quarterback competition come this offseason is not changing from my perspective because you know why? Yes, he had a good game today, but it was against Illinois. If you don't have a good game against Illinois, I'm sorry. I know they're on a two-game winning streak. I don't care. Illinois, this season, has the second-worst defense in the Big Ten as regards to yards given up. Now, most of that is their rush defense, if my memory serves me right. Yeah, Iowa should always beat Illinois. Illinois, in my lifetime, has had one good team, and that was when Juice Williams was their starting quarterback. If you remember Juice Williams, you're a baller. Illinois went to the Rose Bowl, lost to USC. John David Booty, I believe, was a starter for USC at that time, but Juice Williams was a freaking baller. Loved watching Juice Williams play. The Juice, and it always confused me uh, that his jersey, instead of having a J on it, because, you know, his name's Juice Williams, uh, had an I on it, which I still don't know what the I stood for, but it's obviously his real name because Juice is not his real name. I wish it was because that'd be really cool if <laughs> his name was really Juice Williams. Favorite random quarterback of all time, though. Juice Williams has to be on that list. You also have to put up there, for me, now this is going to sound really stupid and really weird, but Bill Stoll for Pittsburgh can't tell you really why, but I loved Bill Stoll. I loved watching Pittsburgh a lot when I was growing up. You had LaShawn McCoy. You had uh, Deion Lewis was really good after Shady left. Ray Graham was another running back they had. They had a very, very good team. I remember sitting in my living room, where I'm sitting now, now the house looked a little different back then than it does right now, but I remember watching Pitt play Cincinnati for the Big East Championship game. It was snowing in Pittsburgh. Tony Pike was the quarterback for Cincinnati, Marty Gilliard was the number one wide receiver for Cincy. Sadly, Cincy won, 
boo. But, you know what? We had a fun day watching that. The full game is on YouTube. So if you want to watch Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati, Big East Championship game like in, what year would that been? Like 2009? 2008? Somewhere around there? 2010? I'm probably making it a lot longer ago than what it has been. Shady hasn't been in the league for 10 years, has he? No, this is like 2012 then, because I don't think Shady's been in the league for that long. Has he? Has he? I'm Now I'm blank. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to bother looking it up. But Pitt was fun. I loved watching Pittsburgh. Dave Wanstead was the head coach. Who are some other random quarterbacks? Uh, Cody Kessler was another one of my favorite quarterbacks. This was a more recent one as opposed to Juice Williams and Bill Stoll. There's a clock going off. You can hear that. I'm sorry. But Cody Kessler was my Heisman dark horse when I was at William Penn. Because he balled out his junior year and didn't really do anything his senior year. Then, uh, of course, went to Cleveland, Jacksville. Never got really solid footing there. Other random quarterbacks I could think of off the top of my head. Tyler Renzen is a quarterback for UConn. Uh, Doug, uh, not Doug, Donald Brown was the starting running back for those UConn teams. And Tyler Renzen was decent for those UConn teams. Because much like Illinois with Juice Williams, that was the one good UConn football team of my lifetime. Don't know why I watched that team, but the Big East was fun. UConn sucks now. Okay, let's think. Let's keep going random corporate. So who have we named? Juice Williams, Bill Stoll, Cody Kessler, now Tyler Renzen. There's got to be one more. We got to go with five. Who's a random quarterback that I really, really love? Oh, d- my favorite quarterback of all time. I don't know why I forgot about this. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, if you know me well enough, is my favorite college quarterback outside of Iowa quarterbacks of all time. I loved watching Kellen Moore sling the rock for Boise State. Started as a freshman. He's the winningest quarterback in college football history. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Coastal Carolina. What's his, his last name? Helic. Uh, just dropped a wide open pass. Oh, God. Coastal Carolina. Bet. Big blunders there. Not a, just a duck, but drilled him right in the face. And then he got hit right after that. But, yeah. Go and watch some Kellen Moore Boise State highlights. I know he's not... Having the most success as the OC of uh, the Dallas Cowboys. But he was awesome in college. Awesome in college. So there's my top five that I could think of off the top of my head. Random quarterbacks that I loved watching for no really particular reason other than Kellen Moore. Because again, he's my favorite college quarterback of all time outside of Iowa dudes. I liked him because he was short. And he could sling. I was short at the... I mean, he's as tall as I am right now, but... Looking at him playing at Boise State, playing all these big games, like playing against Georgia, Virginia Tech, going to the Fiesta Bowl against TCU, and then somehow losing to Nevada, mostly because their kickers sucked, and then going from the Fiesta Bowl to the Las Vegas Bowl, which unsurprisingly they won because it's Boise State versus a random team in the Las Vegas Bowl. But yeah, he was a shorter guy. I was really short when I was watching Kellen Moore play. I didn't really hit my growth spurt till my junior, senior year of high school. I weighed, my junior year of high school, I weighed 166. My senior year of high school, I weighed 190. And then my freshman year of college, I got up to 200. And then around 205, and then I got a concussion and then I had to sit out. <laughs> and then gained a little more poundage on that. But yeah, Kellen Moore was freaking awesome. So we got Kellen, Juice, not OJ, Juice Williams, then Bill Stoll, Tyler Renzen, 
and Cody Kessler. <laughs> what an what an esteemed list of college quarterbacks we have right there. There's not a lot of people that could probably tell you about those players, but those players were the quote unquote uh, shit. They were awesome as college quarterbacks. Some more than others, like Kellen Moore was the best quarterback easily on that list. And then we're going to like pure skill from the quarterback position, probably go Cody Kessler, Juice, Bill Stoll, and Tyler Renzen. If I had to if I had a gun to my head and my arm twisted behind my back, I would have had to say that would be the order of how good these quarterbacks actually were. Because as a kid, you watch these quarterbacks and you don't really know why you like them, but you just like them. There's no real rhyme or reason to it. You have that with teams as well. You don't really know why you like certain things. You just know for certain that you like this thing. And that was me with like Bill Stoll, Tyler Renz, and all those guys. But Kellen Moore was actually the GOAT at Boise State. And we went from talking about Iowa versus Illinois to talking about Juice Williams, which led us all the way to a tangent about Kellen Moore. Which brings me up to another tangent that I'm going to go off of. And this is this is something that I thought of. Uh, third quarter just ended in Coastal Carolina, BYU 17-16 right now. BYU's in the lead. But I was watching a, a, a random clip from the Pat McAfee show popped up on my YouTube feed. And it was an older clip. It was talking about Pat McAfee getting eight drug tested eight times in a season. I, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the Logan Blackman show before. But this just got me... Thinking about a time I got drug tested. Not at work. No, not like a standard pre-work, pre-hiring drug test. Like you get a high V or something. This is a drug test that I took my sophomore year at William Penn. I was walking back to my dorm room. I think from... Where was I leaving? I, ha- I can't remember where I was coming from. But I remember I was walking across the pedestrian bridge over Market Street at William Penn, and I come across my D coordinator, Coach Norberg, he's walking his dog, and he goes, oh, Logan, are you ready for your random drug test tomorrow? Or did you get told you had a random drug test tomorrow? I said, no, I was not told about that, which is a good thing I ran into him, because if I missed the drug test, that would have done as much as having a failed test. So I could not afford to miss that, so thank the Lord I ran into him that day. And he was telling me about, yeah, just go in, don't be too hydrated because, again, for those of you who don't know, if you're too hydrated or overhydrated, then your sample will get diluted and it'll count as a miss. Or, in some case, like Pat McAfee's case, the NFL, they'll make you redo it. But in the college level, from what I did it, it was an X test. You failed the drug test if you were overhydrated. And that put some stress on the situation that I drink a lot of water. I used to get big 24 packs of 32 packs of water from hy V or Walmart. Walmart, not hy V. We shopped at Walmart at William Penn. And I was scared. Because I was like, I don't want to drink too much water, but I also want, don't want to be dehydrated and it hurts peeing. <laughs> don't want to do that either. And I'm not going to be able to fill the cups. When you're dehydrated, not a lot of liquid comes out. And when you're overhydrated, which I don't know if I've ever been overhydrated, but... I was just afraid that would happen. I'd never been random drug tested before. And this is what I found out. Or what I was thinking about when I looked at this drug test. I was like, man, they're drug testing either the the people they know aren't going to get tested positive or the people they know are going to get tested positive and don't care. 
<laughs> that's where I gathered from the situation. Because I knew going into the drug test, I wasn't going to get popped for anything. I've never done any type of drug in my life besides like uh, heroin and stuff. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Doing like Benadryl or allergy medicine or ibuprofen or stuff like that. And there's certain things that prior to the season, when you take a drug test, <laughs> I'm starting to think that people might actually believe. I, don't, I hope they don't, but... Uh, when you get a ran- like before the season, you have to fill out the forms. You're getting your preseason, uh, what do they call it, checkup, I guess, at the training facility at William Penner, the, the trainer's office. And you have to list out things you're currently taking or have a prescription for. So if you get popped, then it won't bother, it won't affect you. But if you don't tell them what you're taking or on prescription for, or you either you can get the prescription later and then you have to still tell them about it because if you get that popped in your sample, you're done. Even if you have a prescription for it, if you didn't tell a coach before that, you're done. This is how it works. And I went in, again, knowing I was going to pass, I had to piss like a racehorse. I had to go so bad. But the problem was, I, and a lot of people out there, I'm sure can agree with me on this, and a lot of people relate with me on this, I get stage fright. Because... When I give no someone's like if I'm around people and I know they can watch me pee, it gets I there's a lot of people out there that get stage fright when they go to the bathroom. So I went in just expecting it to be like a high V drug test where they give you a little vial thing and you gotta go to the toilet or like at the doctor's office or something, and you go to the get go to the toilet, shut the door, pee, bring it back, they check it, blah yada yada yada, you know how it usually goes. This is where it got weird. This is why I got stage fright. So again, I had to piss like a freaking racehorse. I had to go so bad that it almost hurt. And I was like, please just let me go in there so I can go to the bathroom. Right as I walked in there, didn't have to pee anymore. I was like, it just absorbed into my body. It was disgusting. <laughs> Imagine pee just absorbing into your skin. And then you just smell of pee the rest of the... No. Don't think about... Oh, you can think about that. I mean, I don't know how weird people are out there. But this old dude... I don't know what his... I didn't bother to ask his name. Maybe that would have made it easier. Like, hey, since we're going to be in here together for a while, what's, what's your name? Can we introduce each other so it's not as weird? So we're like, oh, this is just two normal guys. One's watching the other dude pissing a cup. Let's see if this could be normal. I guess like, your name's Paul. Oh, hey, Paul. I'm Logan. Um, this is, is this your first time as well? <laughs> no, you're experienced? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, the rule was, I walked in there and was just expecting like, okay, if dude's gonna be watching me, whatever, I'll just do what you normally do, which is just like, you know, zip. I, I can't make a piss noise, but like, imagine peeing noise if you're a dude, if you're, I don't know. If you imagine a piss hitting a urinal, I'm sorry. If you don't know what that sounds like, I'm sorry. It's a very, it's a great sound. You should probably you should get you should hear it. But then dude starts going ah, no 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 no. Pants to knees, shirt above your nipples and in your like hold it in your armpits. So you're standing there all exposed, which makes it even worse. Cause you're like, man, I'm already gonna get stage right because I know you're watching me. Now I've got to sit here like this in this really weird and awkward position. I was not expecting this. Never. I've only taken like, I think two drug tests before. And one of them was at Hy-Vee because I was trying to get a job at Hy-Vee. 
And the other one was at a doctor's office. I'd never taken a drug test in sports. So when this is what was going on, I was like, I can't go. And he's and we're we're standing and it's got the dividers as most like public bathrooms do because we're again we're just in a public bathroom this isn't like some secluded off-campus place this is in like the bathroom at the pack the Penn athletic center for those of you who don't know at william penn and they got the dividers there and it's kind of like just imagine him like holding on to the divider and just like peering over his eyes just staring straight down and that's i mean that's not what he was doing but he's just basically standing there just watching, I was like, dude, I can't go. This is, this is freaking weird. <laughs> I don't like this. Please, please make this stop. <laughs> he says, okay, well, go outside, wait a little bit, and you got to go again, come back in. I had to pee so bad. I cannot stress that enough, how bad I needed to go to the bathroom. It's funny how we went from Iowa, Illinois, talking about drug tests at William Penn. It's funny how the Logan Blackman show works sometimes, but that's why we love the show. And, yeah, I'm sitting there like, wow, I did not expect that. And a few of my friends from William Penn were going up to Des Moines for the day. So, I and I had to stay in here for the drug test. They finished their, um, what do they call it? Like, their, there was a weightlifting session they had to do for practice. They told them they had to go, so they went up to Des Moines, but did an extra weightlifting session to make sure you didn't count a missed weightlifting day. So I'm sitting there on this freaking bench, like contemplating my life decisions. Like, did I really make the right decision on coming here? Because I didn't think I would need to do this. <laughs> Imagine like you're sitting there just, and people are walking around like, man, that guy, they're thinking, now they probably weren't thinking, but you know, thoughts creep in your head when you're sitting all by yourself, about ready to pee in front of some random dude you've never met before. And then you got people like, man, look at that dude down there. He's got to piss in a cup in front of an old dude later. That's... That's the life right there. So then I, I go, okay. <sighs> I calm down. Heartbeat. <laughs> pounding. And then I go back up. I say, okay, I think I'm ready to go. I barely filled it up to the line the second time. I'm talking barely. Like, I know when people talk about oh, it's impossible to cut off your stream. When you're, when you're midstream, it's like damn near impossible to just go, yep, yep, I'm done. I gotta go do something else. I mean, you can't do that. It's First of all, it hurts. And second of all, it's not natural. <laughs> so it didn't even, I didn't even do it on purpose. It just naturally did it. And it, it sucked. <laughs> so I'm standing there. I'm like, yep, okay, we're done. And it's got like, I didn't drink that much water that, la- that night before and that morning of, because again, I was nervous of overhydrating. I didn't want to risk getting a diluted sample and then failing a drug test for a drug I never took. So I was... I went there, I was like, okay, yep, done, barely, and I'm talking like millimeters, barely over, I was like Kyler Murray at the combine, I was barely over the line, like Kyler Murray was barely 5'10", I was barely over that line, but all that matters, I made it over the line, because if you didn't fill it up too little, if you filled it up too little, you weren't, it, you couldn't get measured, so then when you fill it up too much, it was like, well, dude, I told you not to pit and you feel like Lloyd Christmas and Dumb and Dumber. You're like, give me a bottle. Hold that one. Hold that one. It's like, that's what was going through my head there. And then we go, okay, am I done here? Oh, I'm done? Okay, sweet. I sprint. I'm not talking like, like 
in like when I mean, you say like I'm oh, I'm sprinting there right now, but you're like walking kind of fat. No, I sprinted to the bathroom in the locker room at William Penn, the football locker room, and I pissed my freaking brains out. Good lord, I had to go so bad, and I stopped peeing twice during this whole ordeal, and had to go pee in the bathroom like a normal person without some random dude looking over who again never met the guy before never knew his name still know his name never really bothered to ask i guess i should have probably done that made things a lot less awkward in the situation now looking back at it but you get those situations like a 23 year old looking back on your 19 20 year old self and like man logan you should have probably introduced yourself to this guy like, this is very private stuff we're doing. We should probably get to know each other before we just dive into this. And, yeah. All in all, didn't get popped for anything. Went back to practice and then got a concussion. So it was, boom, perfect. Just the way I wanted to end my sophomore season at William Penn. But then it proceeded to get another concussion in the spring. And then, boom, bang, bomb. Now we're here in Urbandale, Iowa, recording the Logan Blackman Show, which, since the William Penn days, has gotten... A whole hell of a lot better than it was when it first started. I've gone back and listened to the old Logan Blackman show, which is still up on SoundCloud. You search Logan Blackman on SoundCloud, it will pop up with, obviously, the current show, and then one that I did for my Soundscapes class. Not Soundscapes. What was it called? Soundscapes was my music class. What was this class called? basically an audio class and you one of the requirements was to do a show once a week for two hours or you just had to do two hours you had to do two hours in a week that was your like assignment i remember i text my dad i was like oh dad i'm gonna be like mike and mike r.i.p mark mike and mike because that's not a show anymore sadly and uh, yeah that's where it kind of all got started but there are some old clips of the logan blackman show on sound soundcloud to search Logan Blackman, and it's this the profile picture is like a bunch of sports balls. So like you got a football, soccer ball, tennis ball, basketball, there's a hockey puck in there, there's a lot of other different balls in there. And then it'll have little quotes on the header. If you're going on the laptop, if you're going on mobile, I don't know if the headers pop up or anything, but on the on the laptop version or desktop version, however you look at it, there's gonna be the the quotes from different people like Brady, LeBron, uh, Dan Patrick, and my professor. And then there's like 10 clips on there. So we had to do, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done because that took so freaking long for how many shows I recorded during that semester to then try to find 10 minute clips or two minute clips that I found. I should have, honestly, this is what I've done throughout my life as a student is procrastinate to the nth degree. So I probably shouldn't have saved it till the very end of the semester to finally go, you know what? I should cut out all these clips. And listening back to it, it's like, well, today we, um, yeah, Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield uh, had a good day. D.D. Westbrook, um, I think D.D. Westbrook could honestly be a Heisman candidate because of how he plays the game at such a high... No, Logan, shut up. You're stupid. That was drug tested, Logan. This is post-drug, pre-drug test, Logan. Sucked dick at this show. (laughs) Now, some would say... Post-drug test Logan sucks as well. But, you know what? I think I'm better, at least at this point. I'm not saying I'm that great, but I'm better than I was when I was a freshman. And again, as we talked about, like the first 10 minutes of the show, 
We went from talking about Iowa freaking Illinois to talk about Juice Williams, which led to Kellen Moore, which led, for some reason, to Pat McAfee, which led to drug testing, which led to my drug testing story from William Penn University. Now, I should preface this, loved every experience I ever had at William Penn. I still talk to a few of my friends from William Penn, and I loved my experience down there. But that was just one that I'll always remember because it was so freaking weird. (laughs) I'd never done that before. And, uh... Since we were in that story, Coastal Carolina scored a touchdown, missed the two-point conversions. They're up 22-17 with 10:52 left. Zach Wilson just completed a first down pass to Irex. <laughs> Sounds like erect. <laughs> That's the kind of comedy you get here on the Logan Blackman show. But yeah, Zach Wilson hasn't looked great this game, but he's made a lot of really good throws in the game, though he's been very shaky at other points in the game. I don't really know what to put it down to. Um, maybe it's just how much pressure he's getting from Coastal Carolina because I don't think they've played a defense that's to this level. Like, if we look at the other teams BYU has played this season, we're looking at some real powerhouses in college football, such as Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, University of Texas San Antonio, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, Boise State, North Alabama. All games which they won by double digits, other than playing UTSA, where they won 27-20. Blew out Boise State, though, and it pains me that they beat Texas State because if you've heard the story of my Texas State sim with my good friend Noah with RG3 and uh, NCAA Football 13, which I know the hype train is on NCAA Football 14. Don't believe the hype. 2013, NCAA Football 13 was the superior game in all facets, because you could do the Heisman Trophy thing. So you could be any Heisman, past Heisman Trophy winner. I was RG3, who was one of my favorite players at the time. I had his cleats and everything. The socks, cleats, I had everything. And I put him on Texas State, because my friend Noah told me, we went through random teams, and he said, stop on Texas State. We broke all of his Heisman records. And you had a goal to like beat every record that he set while winning the Heisman. And quarterbacks are more fun to play with in these games anyways than running backs, because especially in like Madden, Running backs suck to play with because they're already designated to go in a certain direction and you can't really stop it. It's kind of just locked in. This is your fate and you better like it because you're doing it regardless. Zach Wilson running with it third and 30. He tried to hurdle some guy and actually did, but he got flipped over and then he just punched a dude in the face. The mullet dude! Zach Wilson just hit the famous mullet guy from South from Coastal Carolina, number 34. I don't know what his name is, but everybody knows. He just like... <laughs> two-footed this dude's name strong's face trying to dump over him. that is a highlight and a half there if i've ever seen one and just while we're on the top i'm holding a can of this right now the logan blackman show is sponsored by canada dry zero sugar ginger ale it's actually really good it's not as shitty as real ginger ale it's actually pretty good logan blackman gives this an astonishing nine out of ten that's my sister's rankings for certain things so you know what We'll drink this Canada Dry, and you'll hear me sip this beautiful Canada Dry, because I know Canada Dry kind of sucks. Normal Canada Dry does. And ginger ale's not great, unless you're sick. But this zero-sugar one tastes pretty good. You know, get a, get a listen. Ah, that's that zero-sugar flavor right there. So if you want to be like Logan Blackman, you get some Canada Dry zero-sugar ginger ale, because that's the good stuff. Bang. It's like the the Frank's Red Hot one, where I put that shit on everything thing. But 
This one's way better because it's the Logan Blackman show talking about ginger ale, which I bet you didn't think you were going to hear about when I started this show today. But let's get back to college football, like the the FBS, D1 level. Because I almost said D1, but technically speaking, William Penn is a D1 school. They're NAI D1, which people won't. So technically, I was a former D1 quarterback. Not the D1 that most people probably think of, but still a D1 quarterback nonetheless. Did, uh, did, did I play a lot? No, but... I was on the team of a team that was a D1 program. What level? Doesn't matter. D1. Doesn't matter. Don't worry. I went to Penn. That V Penn. William Penn. You don't need to specify on which, what Penn it is. Like, if you go, oh, you went to an Ivy League school? Yeah, pretty much. I would say William Penn academically compares very highly to those Ivy League schools such as Penn. So we'll call it Penn. You know what? It'll work. It'll work out. But yeah, all in all... Iowa beat Illinois 35-21. to Honestly speaking, I was writing a blog post, which I haven't posted yet. I'm going to post it probably tomorrow or Monday. And I wasn't really paying attention to a lot to the game. Honestly, the game was even on mute. So I apologize for this lackluster analysis here. But those whole two tangents were pretty much just me trying to run from the fact that I really did not pay attention that much because 14-0 down... You kind of lose, you lose what you want to call it. You lose hype, I guess. You lose belief, especially when you're losing to freaking Illinois. But I was typing up the blog post and was kind of, I was watching it, but no sound. I was kind of just focusing on writing this paper and sorry about that. But of course, the game I don't really watch, Petrus has argued, well, not arguably, his best game in the Hawkeye uniform. And it comes the second last game of the year. And with Wisconsin losing to Indiana today, so this is on Monday, with Indiana beating Wisconsin on Saturday without Michael Penix Jr. Iowa, fondly enough, after losing to Purdue and Northwestern, looks like they're going to go to the Big Ten Championship. Now, they do still have the tie, They Northwestern still has a tiebreaker and they played one less game than Iowa. But, when Iowa defeats Wisconsin next week, Northwestern, and when Northwestern loses to Illinois next week, because Illinois is going to be friggin' pissed coming off a loss to Iowa and play their in-state rivals, the battle for who's the most Chicago team out of the not-Chicago teams. Boom. I think you would say that most Chicago people like Illinois more than Northwestern, but that's just what I would imagine on that. But, yeah, yeah. Iowa, with a win today, they are the highest scoring team in the Big Ten West, second highest scoring team in the Big Ten behind Ohio State, which is pretty cool. Yeah, big dubs, big dubs today. Uh, not pretty. Again, like I've said with a bunch of, with pretty much all of Iowa games this year, even the blowouts, like the blowouts against Minnesota, the blowout against Michigan State, Penn State, they weren't fun to watch. This game, much like the other games this season, wasn't fun to watch, i.e. why I typed a freaking blog post today, which again, I want to start posting blogs a little more because I'm done with school, got some free time, not a ton of free time, but I'm free in the evenings, so I'll be trying to come up with ideas to post. I'll try to post a blog a week. I've got a blog, I have a blog already planned for December 18th because that is the two years from then, 
That's going to be the final of the 2022 World Cup, and you can use your brain to figure out what I'm talking about for that blog post. But I I, I tried to go to bed at like 9.30 one night, and I couldn't fall asleep because in my brain I was just wanting to write this stupid paper, and it's not even going to go out for 13 more days. So, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, probably going to have a blog post coming soon about Iowa football. Uh, mostly about the quarterbacks. We've talked about him a lot, quite a bit on the show. Not going to really talk about him a lot today. Had himself a good game. So we'll give credit to where credit is due. Had himself a good game. Um, I know a lot of people are going to hold that really high and go, oh, wow, he's not as bad as we thought he was because he tore up Illinois. Yay. And actually used Brandon Smith. Yay. Yeah. But we're still going to do the blog post. Um, Yeah. It's going to be fun. I can't wait for that to come out. I can't wait to actually start writing more blog posts because I wrote a lot this semester and honestly this past semester was probably other than my sophomore year at Penn so see I had the drug test I got a concussion I had my best uh, year academically it was just a great overall year for Logan Blackman (laughs) two concussions great year academically piss test in front of some old dude great year 10 out of 10 would recommend but yeah, I, I wrote a lot of papers this year, got a lot of confidence writing papers, so I'll be writing more and still recording the Logan Blackman Show because I like doing the Logan Blackman Show more than I like writing papers, but I still really like writing papers, so I'll, I'll type up some blog posts, go and view the LoganBlackmanShow.com to view those, I'll post those on all forms of social media, so you can click on those and list, read those if, you, if your heart desires, go and read those. Uh, yeah, we posted on Friday... The NBA jerseys, so technically yesterday for me, but Friday for you guys, so three days ago, four days ago, I don't know how those work, but yeah, hope you all liked that as well, the blog post will be coming, also be writing one, maybe soon, maybe the blog post won't even be about Petrus, because we'll we'll let him have his good week, and then we'll talk about him the week after, maybe this week we talk about comparing Iowa and Iowa State this season, because Iowa State, again, much like Petrus' good day, We'll give credit to where credit's due. They're going to the Big 12 championship game after absolutely annihilating West Virginia today. So, again, congratulations. And this got brought up on Twitter. When was this? This was – this had to be last week. I think it was on Black Friday, honestly, when it, when Iowa State was beating Texas – or beat Texas. Sage Rosenfels, uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks in Iowa State history, one of the better – one of the better backup quarterbacks in the early 2000s, to be honest, had a very nice career being a backup quarterback for this, and played, started a few games in the NFL as well, mostly for the Minnesota Vikings. But Sage Rosenfels, uh, he came out and said, Brock Purdy, greatest quarterback in Iowa State history. And the people in the comments, now this was right when it got tweeted, so maybe more people have added on to it, and they're like, oh, we know who's number two. And I hope those people don't realize Sage Rosenfels is not the best quarterback in Iowa State history. I think everybody is or should be well aware that Seneca Wallace is was at least clear as the Iowa State's as Iowa State's greatest ever quarterback. For what he did for the university, one of Iowa State's most successful teams of the 2000s, freaking went up to the top 10 or top 15 at one point, maybe even top 10. They might have gotten up to number 9 at one point. But I will say this. I like Seneca Wallace a lot. He had an even better NFL career than Sage Rosenfels. Started quite a bit of games for the Browns, Seahawks. Um, there's more teams in there, but I can't remember. Packers, he played for them for a little bit. But 
I digress about Seneca Wallace's career, but yeah, I had this conversation with Cole when we were on Cole and Company earlier this year. I posed the question, Is will Brock Purdy become the greatest Iowa State quarterback of all time after this year? I can't remember what the poll says, but this poll right here, Logan, says yes. Right now, Brock Purdy is the greatest quarterback in Iowa State football history. Because as of right now, this is the greatest Iowa State football team of all time. Literally. And you're not even saying that, like, being sarcastic or anything. This is the first Big 12 championship they've ever been to. And they have a chance to win their first conference title since 1912. This team right here is the greatest Iowa State team of all time. Now, I'm not a fan of their black jerseys. I know a lot of Iowa State fans are. I am personally a fan of the white helmets, red jerseys, white pants. That is their best color combination. I don't care. Iowa State fans, if you don't like that, I don't care. I love the uniform combination. But yeah, this is the greatest team in Iowa State history. And Brock Purdy, I'm going to guarantee it right now. I'd be shocked if he didn't do this. He is coming back next year. There is, I would say, there's about a 95% chance Brock Purdy comes back to Iowa State next year. He's not a first-round draft pick like Jason McIntyre, which I don't know why people believe what Jason McIntyre says, but he said he'd be a top-10 pick. I believe he had him going eighth to the Titans, which the Titans have in the eighth pick. They have eight wins right now. What? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's Jason McIntyre. Again, I would just stay clear of what listening to what Jason McIntyre says and taking it as truth. We'll talk about the NFL draft in a little bit because there's a quarterback controversy that I want to talk about as well. But Brock Purdy... Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with me on this. Maybe some old heads that watch Seneca Wallace play and go like, oh, you don't, you never watched him actually play. You're just watching highlights. But the highlights are the best plays that a player has. Whether it's in a game, a season, or career, highlights are the best of that player. And, of course, I've obviously seen the play where he had that amazing run against Texas Tech. My dad was at the game when that happened. Seneca, and that... This is controversial. I like Iowa State's navy blue stuff. That's another controversial take. I don't care. I think it's kind of cool with the Iowa State's navy blue stuff. But that's just me. I like their uniforms now. These uniforms are a thousand times better looking, but as like a nostalgia factor, kind of like the Golden State Warriors thing with the navy blue We Believe Warriors, even though it says Oakland on their chest, even though they play in San Fran. We're going to look past that. But I really like the navy blue jerseys. I'm not even being sarcastic and saying I know... If you know me growing up an Iowa fan, going to University of Northern Iowa, there's going to be a lot of pent-up aggression towards Iowa State. But I'm not being sarcastic with anything that I am saying right now. This is the best team in Iowa State history. Brock Purdy, easily the best quarterback in the state of Iowa currently, and is the best quarterback in Iowa State history. He has passed Seneca Wallace. I would put the top four, because I I can't think, I don't know if you'd really put Austin or not on the top five greatest quarterbacks in Iowa State history, but I would go... Um, and this is just off the top of my head. I didn't grow up an Iowa State fan, so if I miss some, like, if I miss some historically old person that, like, Iowa has Chuck Long. If there's an Iowa State quarterback from those years that I'm forgetting about, I apologize. Because obviously every Iowa fan knows Chuck Long is the greatest quarterback in Iowa history. If Iowa State has an old guy like that that I'm forgetting about, I'm sorry. My, my history on Iowa State is very recency biased other than, like, Troy Davis. And Jack Trice, I did a paper on Jack Trice in elementary school. Jack Trice is the only old player I know at Iowa State, which is not a great thing. And Troy Davis, obviously. But I would go Purdy, Seneca, Sage, and Brett Meyer. Maybe even put Brett Meyer above Sage Rosenfels because that's like 
maybe people are glamoring or drooling over Sage Rosenfels because he had a good NFL career and Brett Meyer didn't. But I think as far as Iowa State success is like stat wise, Brett Meyer you would think would be higher rated on Iowa State quarterback lists. I know he wasn't on any great Iowa State teams around that time, but he they did have some good teams with Dan McCarney as the head coach there. And Brett Meyer was a good quarterback. They had Todd Blythe there as well. They had a massive running back. What was his name? PJ Hill? That was Wisconsin's guy. What was their running back? They had a massive running back. But Brett Meyer was cool. I like Brett Meyer. He's the, my favorite Iowa State quarterback of all time is Brett Meyer. And I would honestly, thinking about it objectively right now, I'd probably rank him above Sage because I think it's like the same people that rank Kurt Warner as one of the greatest UNI Panther quarterbacks of all time, where we look at his Hall of Fame NFL career and go like, well, yeah, Tom Brady at Michigan, same thing. Tom Brady t- did have a really good Michigan career, but people remember him going in the sixth round, the Drew Henson thing, but he still had a very good career at Michigan. Won a friggin' Orange Bowl against Alabama. But he still had a really good... He's not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Michigan, but he still... He did a lot of the stuff he's doing in the NFL at Michigan, but wasn't on as high as a scale because the NFL is the highest professional sports league in the freaking world. And I, I'm i talking leagues. Like, obviously, you could say soccer is the biggest sport in the world, and football is very minuscule on the realm of... Or the totem pole of most watched... Or not uh, most participated in sports in the world. But as far as leagues go, the NFL is the biggest league in the world as far as I'm concerned. And Tom Brady doing that on the national level helped that a lot. And so that's with the Patriots' success and him balling out for the Patriots. But he's not one of the greatest Michigan quarterbacks of all time. Kurt Warner's not one of the greatest UNI Panther quarterbacks. Definitely shouldn't be mentioned on that at all. NFL, yeah, love Kurt Warner. Love Kurt Warner. Everything about Kurt Warner I love. But you can't rank him as a UNI legend. That That's blasphemous. Eric Sanders, by all accounts is UNI's greatest quarterback of all time. And I hate when people try to say Kurt Warner is one of the greatest quarterbacks in UNI Panthers history because he's just not. Even I don't think he would. He almost quit football before he had his NFL career. He could have quit football. Like Sage Rosenfels, 4,000 yards passing, 18 touchdowns, 26 interceptions while at Iowa State. Now, if I look up Brett Meyer, who, again, to me, is a better overall quarterback at Iowa State then, Sage Rosenfels, 9,000 yards, 950 pretty much, 50 touchdowns, 41 interceptions. Four-year starter at Iowa State as well. Four-year starter at Iowa State. Sage Rosenfels was a two-year starter at Iowa State. I would rank Brett Meyer as a higher quarterback than Sage Rosenfels. Is that blasphemous? Is that a hot take? I don't know. I don't really think it should, but I think we're just looking at Sage Rosenfels and Brett Meyer's NFL careers and going like, well, yeah. Brett Ma- or Sage Rosenfeld is better. He played longer in the NFL. It makes him the better college quarterback. But no, it's the exact opposite of that. I like Brett Meyer. Brett Meyer was a cool dude playing for Iowa State. I hated him because they liked to beat Drew Tate. They beat Drew Tate that one year and blew him out. Like, what was it, 27-3? to I know Iowa scored three. It might have been like 23-3 to or 24-3 or something like that. But that was a hard game to watch. That was a very hard game to watch. But yeah. Brock Purdy is the greatest quarterback in Iowa State history. Chuck Long's the greatest in Iowa history. And Eric Sanders is the greatest in UNI Panthers history. I think that's done and dusted. I think Will McIlvain, when it's all said and done, doing what he did last year, and hopefully he can build on what he did last year, which I would consider a very successful 
redshirt freshman campaign for you and I after losing pretty much all of his best receivers and weapons at the start of the season due to injuries like Machane, Weston, Briley Moore, and others to going to pretty much the fifth string wide receivers in the last game of the season. Will McIlvain's a baller. I've interviewed him on the show. I'm not just saying that because I interviewed him on the show. He is a freaking baller. He's been a baller since high school, and he's a baller at UNI. And, yeah, he could be up there as one of the greatest UNI Panthers quarterbacks of all time. But right now, Eric Sanders is untouchable at this point in time for what he did at UNI in the, probably the greatest era of UNI Panthers football under Mark Farley. Not pro, well, under Mark Farley, not, that's easily the best. But history, probably say that was one of the best teams as well. But, yeah, Eric Sanders is a baller. Brett Meyer deserves more credit for being an Iowa State legend than what I feel like he gets. He might get more credit from Iowa State fans, but every time I hear top quarterbacks in Iowa State history, I always hear the same two names at the top, Sage Rosenfels and Seneca Wallace. I never hear Brett Meyer up there because probably he wasn't on a lot of great teams. But I feel like he should be mentioned up there, Norm. Not Austin or not. I mean, you could probably... Again, there's probably some... There's one name I know I'm forgetting about, but... Again, I'm sorry, I'm not an Iowa State fan. I'm not an Iowa State historian. Never followed Iowa State. But yeah, and Brees Hall, uh, will he be better than Troy Davis eventually? Time will tell. Troy Davis, back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. Very hard to compete with that. Runner-up the Heisman to Danny Warfel, if I remember correctly. But yeah, Brees Hall is a baller too. Brees Hall, this year, is the best running back in college football. And I'm not even... I said that on Friday, I think. No, Wednesday, Wednesday, when we talked about Petrus pretty much the entire show. But yeah, Brock Purdy clears the best quarterback in Iowa right now. I would say he's creeping away from Seneca Wallace at this point in time. Maybe some people say they're equal at this point, but I would say Brock Purdy is past Seneca. And I don't think it's fair for Sage Rosenfels to say Brock Purdy is. Until Seneca Wallace says it, then I will respect. But I'm not saying this because Sage Rosenfels said it. I'm saying it because I feel that is the case at this point in time. Sage, you're not the best quarterback in Iowa State history. I think you're overrated as far as the Iowa State history goes. So I think Brett Meyer should be higher. But Purdy is higher now than Seneca. Boom. I don't think that's controversial. I think a lot of Iowa State fans now would say that. Uh, they'll go to the, the Big 12 championship game, play Oklahoma, which will be a very fun game. Rematch. Oklahoma lost to Iowa State earlier this year. Rematch for those two teams. Is Iowa State rock the black uniforms in Dallas? Or wherever the Big 12? I think it's in Dallas. Yeah, it has to be in Dallas. Do they rock the black uniforms down there, or do they rock my favorite white, red, white? That's what I would do, but that's how I would stay if they go the all-cardinal look. That's fine, too. Just don't rock the yellow uniforms. And I, I don't like the black ones because uh, those aren't your colors at all. But if you want to rock them, that's your prerogative. I don't really care. Um, yeah, this was something also, while we're on the top of Iowa quarterbacks, or state of Iowa quarterbacks, Mackenzie Milton... I sent this to my friend Noah the other day. When was this? It was two days ago, so Thursday. Thursday, I think it was. I sent Mackenzie Milton, if you don't know who he is, was the starting quarterback for UCF for a few seasons before he tragically broke his leg during a game. And throughout the process of recovering, he sat out a season recovering, came back. But in that season where he was recovering, a young man by the name of Dylan Gabriel balled TF out and took his starting job from him. And Dylan Gabriel, at this point in time, is leading the nation in passing yards. So, yeah, it's going to be hard for him. So he has answered, entered the transfer portal, pretty unsurprisingly to me. And if you are if you followed Iowa football, 
even for not even that long, if you just know Iowa football history, one of the best quarterbacks in Iowa history. He only was really good for one year at Iowa, but came second in the Heisman, won every award other than the Heisman, which is weird, but literally every quarterback he could have won other than the Heisman he won. How I don't that's kind of like that's like Melo losing the rookie of the year thing to LeBron cuz he won rookie of the year every single month and didn't win rookie of the year. It's the same type of thing, but yeah, obviously Carson is a better Carson Palmer's an overall better quarterback than Brad Banks. I'm not just I'm not stupid here. But Brad Banks transferred from UCF, if people don't remember that. Brad Banks transferred up to Iowa from Central Florida. I sent this to my friend Noah, and I said, Brad Banks transferred up to, UC- from I- to Iowa from UCF. Mackenzie Milton could do the same thing. Kirk Ferentz, new Kirk, use your magic there. I bet a big recruiting point for Mackenzie Milton would be firing your son. I bet if, he lo- if you lost Brian Ferentz, I bet he'd be like, ooh, yeah, I'm going to take that. Mackenzie Milton's a baller. Dylan Gabriel's a baller, too. It's not any discredit to Mackenzie Milton that Dylan Gabriel's the current starter. Gabriel's just a beast. And Mackenzie Milton, if you sit out a year and Gabriel balls the, the F out, you're going to lose your job. And I'm sorry that's just what happened. Cause it's, and you, probably, you shouldn't have lost it because it's not something – it was out of your control losing that job. Because it really got taken from you. you. didn't really get – you didn't really give it up. You got a broken leg. One of the worst injuries you could possibly get in sports and just general. And, yeah. And now uh, back to Coastal Carolina, BYU. They're about to punt Coastal Carolina. There's a minute three left. 22-17 is the score. About to punt, so BYU will get the ball back if everything goes smoothly on this punt return. So, yeah, we'll finish up that last minute three, but we still got a little bit more stuff to talk about today. And, yeah, I think this has been a good show so far. A really random show, but... A good show nonetheless. And since this is on a Saturday, I'm not going to be able to do my NFL uh, picks or like recapping what happened in the NFL, which is going to be weird. But let's recap some of the things going on in college football, either right now or have gone during the day. Oregon's beating Cal 17-14, which should be unsurprising. Uh, Clemson beating Vautech 10-7. Vautech's driving right now, so that's interesting. Alabama versus LSU 7-0. Miami's beating Duke 14-0. Okie... Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, I almost said Okie State. Oklahoma's beat Baylor 3-0. Then we got final scores. Notre Dame destroyed Syracuse 45-21. Unsurprisingly, Ian Books balled out this year. Good stuff from Ian Book from Notre Dame. Ohio State, without Ryan Day, beat Michigan State. Again, unsurprisingly, we said this a couple days ago. Does Ohio State really need their head coach to beat Illinois? No. They need Justin Fields and Chris Olave. That's it. And they did that today. And, yeah. 52-12 final. Texas A&M came back against Auburn to beat the Tigers 31-20. Crossfield pass from Zach Wilson. No first down, but there's a flag on the field. Let's see what that is. Florida beat Tennessee 31-19 on Colin Company. So I phoned in to Colin Company on Friday, and we did our locks of the week. Florida was a 17.5 point favor over Tennessee. They were up by 18 with 30 seconds left. 30 or so seconds left. And... Tennessee goes, you know what? We're going to score a touchdown here. And ruined it. So now Florida only won by 12. Which is not the spread. But whatever. We move. We moved Kyle Trask, baller. Kyle Trask, to me, this season is the Heisman Trophy winner. I think if you don't give it to him, you give it to Mac Jones. Because Trevor Lawrence has missed some time. Justin Fields hasn't played a lot of football this year. Comparatively, 
and Zach Wilson hasn't played anybody and they're about to lose to Coastal Carolina. Now, I'm not counting them out yet. They did just get a holding call, so it's first and 19. And, yeah, I would give it to Trask and then Mac Wilson after that. Sorry, Brees, you're just in a season where there's a lot of really good college quarterbacks. Iowa State beat West Virginia 42-6. We already talked about that. Indiana beat Wisconsin 14-6 without Michael Penix. TCU beat Oklahoma State 29-22. Zach Wilson rolls out to the right, throws it downfield, and just throws it out of bounds. North Carolina beat Western Carolina 49-9. Rice beat Marshall. Surprising upset there. Marshall was 7-0 going into this game. Rice was 1-2. And And Rice comes up 20-0 victors over Marshall. Grant Wells threw five interceptions for Marshall. Threw five of them. Five interceptions. 18 of 35, 165, five picks. Good Lord. Stanford beat Washington 31-26 in an upset, and Navy lost to Tulsa 19-6. And then last night, Friday, Louisiana Lafayette beat Appalachian State 24-21. Oh, great throw from Zach Wilson. First down, second and 19, like a 30-yard gain for BYU. And Romney, I don't know if there's any relations to Mitt with the same surname, but he is hurt in hobbling off the field, or trying to. His, his teammate, number two, can't read his last name. He's like, dude, stop, get up. But Zach Wilson, great throw. I mean, he's pretty wide open and just got taken down decently hard. I'm guessing he got the wind knocked out of him or he hit his – I can't really tell if he hit his head or not. That's what it kind of looks like that he hit his head. Probably got a concussion. Been there, Romney. Been there. So, yeah, those are your college football scores. Some NFL scores going around tomorrow um, or that have already happened. New England Patriots versus the LA Chargers, Saints, Falcons, Lions, Bears, Browns, Titans, Bengals, Dolphins, Jags, Vikings, Raiders, Jets, Colts, Texans, Rams, Cardinals, Giants, Seahawks, Eagles, Packers, Broncos, Chiefs, Bills, Niners on Monday, Washington football team, Steelers on Monday as well, Monday afternoon, and then Ravens, Cowboys on Tuesday. BYU just crossed the 50 and got out of bounds, 15 seconds left. Uh, uh, Okay, well, we're running out of time here, but I got to talk about a couple things here. So... No, we're going to talk about the MLS Cup. We're going to talk about MLS Cup playoffs. We'll talk about the other thing on Wednesday. Or whenever the next show is. So, Sporting Kansas City obviously lost to Minnesota United the other night in the MLS Cup playoffs. Not ideal by any any form of... It wasn't fun. It wasn't a very fun game to watch. They got trounced 3-0. And Johnny Russell was really the only player that showed up for Sporting Kansas City in this game. Sporting played with no heart. In this game, Alan Polito was out with a sprained knee again. Thought he was going to be better than what he was. Still was out, and yeah, Sporting got absolutely demolished. Minnesota United's won their last three games, three nothing. I really was too confident going into this game. Sporting, every time they played Minnesota at Sporting, it's been very much in Sporting Kansas City's favor. Went with the same starting lineup from the last game, and. Yeah, missed some chances early, big chances early, and hurt them in the end. Didn't really take their chances in the second half. And the problem was, they kept saying this on the announcements, or during the game, it was like, they got to make some subs to change, change things up. The problem is, Sporting doesn't have any subs that would change the way the game was going. All the subs they made or could make were like-for-like substitutions. Like Luis Martins going in for Dia at left back. Gadi Quinda coming in for Gianluca Busio. Felipe Gutierrez coming in, or Felipe Hernandez coming in 
for Roger Espinoza. Like, all this, Hurtado coming in for Gerso Fernandez. Like, all these substitutions were not subs that would really change the game. This is why having Alan Polito hurt, hurt the team. Because you can't bring in a guy like Gerso or Kiri Shelton to change the pace of the game. No, you're stuck with these players that are just going to be like-for-like substitutions. So there was really no, oh, they got to change the way they're playing right now. They got to bring in substitutes. They couldn't. They didn't have anybody on the bench. And obviously, uh... Sporting, as we said, has battled injuries all year. Felipe Gutierrez, probably their best player when healthy, has been out all season. Alan Polito was out. Graham Zuzi was out. So you're battling some big-name injuries right there. And Minnesota took advantage of that. Uh, Kevin Molino balled out. Uh, their number 10, I can't remember his name. Their number 10 came from Boca Juniors. Three assists in the game. Balled out. Uh, nothing Tim Melia could do about the goals. They're pretty much unsavable. Zach Wilson throws sort of sideline, easy completion, and he gets out of bounds there at about the 16-yard line, 18-yard uh, line. Three seconds left. We got a barn burner here, folks, and Logan Blackman Show is going to be here live talking to you. Th- oh, they just snapped. Oh, that's a replay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, they snapped the ball really fast. But, yeah, um, no heart, no nothing. Didn't really seem like any of the players care. They were beaten once the Minnesota United scored their third goal. Mentally, they were done. They checked out, it seemed, except for Johnny Russell, and it was annoying. Yeah, terrible game. Minnesota, like, Sporting controlled the game early, and then Minnesota took advantage and scored three unanswered and won. But here's the last three seconds. Zach Wilson drops back, steps up, throws towards the end zone. Cut! He stopped at the one-yard line! <laughs> he stopped him at the one-yard line! Oh, my God! They stopped him at the one! Zach Wilson stepped him in the pocket, lasered it, and dude did not get in. Coastal Carolina's second win against a ranked opponent this season. This is like shades of the Rams-Titans Super Bowl with Steve McNair and uh, Gerard Dyson. Not Gerard Dyson. Kevin Dyson. I think it was Kevin Dyson that caught the ball. Oh, he tried so close. He's got stopped at the one-yard line. Maybe two. There was three defenders there, and yeah, I mean, good luck trying to score there. Uh, wow. What a way to end. This game lived up to the expectations. I think Zach Wilson could have played a little bit better. Maybe it's the fact that there was a lot of pressure on him throughout Coastal Carolina's defense. Played very well today against him. Gunter, the person that was pretty much bullying Zach Wilson when he threw the pick, he was their big cog in their defense today. And yeah, BYU... On the two-yard line. Get stuffed. This was a great... I was like, okay. You know what would be fun? Sit here. Do a show. Watch Coastal Carolina versus BYU. And kind of talk about it as the game's going on. I did not know it would end like that. But you know what? We'll take that. Because that's freaking awesome. I loved that. That was beautiful. Beautiful way to end the game. And that's why you drink Canada Dry Zero Sugar Ginger Ale. That stuff's good. Ginger ale, if you want to sponsor, or Canada Dry, you want to sponsor me? Come on ahead. But yeah, what a crazy way to end! Literally, I think he got stopped at the one yard line. I think the ball was at the one yard line, and he just got stopped. Everybody's saying good game to Zach Wilson, and there's a mullet walking right past him. And yeah, oh, there's a beautiful set of hair there on 73 for BYU. Oh man, that sucks. 
That's a tough way to lose a game. But, I, hey, I give them all the credit in the world, both these teams, for playing this game on a week's notice, pretty much, and balling out. This was a fun game to watch. Even though it wasn't like a barn burner, like 51-49 to 49 or something like that, this was still a very fun game to watch. Hurt the eyes a little bit, looking at the turf, but and obviously Coastal Carolina saying hello to their fans, greeting them. What a game. What a game. Zach Wilson... Uh, don't worry about this loss, bud. You're going to be making millions in April. So don't worry about this loss whatsoever. I mean, worry about it tonight. Worry about it tonight. But then come April, it'll probably still hurt a little bit, but it'll get better. McCall, baller. When we watched Kansas, my friend Noah and I brought Noah up like three or four times this show alone. Uh, we watched Kansas versus Coastal Carolina week one because we sat there and was like, Noah, get. Get your ass over here. We are watching Kansas versus Coastal Carolina. We were so hyped for this. And it was it was like a 9.30 game or something like that. It was late. And Noah said, McCall for Heisman? Is this the first time we're going to hear McCall for Heisman? And now McCall has taken them to 10-0 with their second win over a top 25 team this year. They're projected to finish last in the conference. McCall for Heisman. Let's go. McCall, I don't even know his first name, but I just know his last name is McCall because we were laughing our asses off watching Coastal Carolina versus Kansas with McCall balling out. Grayson McCall, 85 yards passing, 68 yards rushing. Not statistically his greatest game, but if you look at the season, look at that season. 20 touchdowns, one interception on the season for Grayson McCall. 76, 67% completion percentage, 1,700 passing yards, 365 rushing yards, five touchdowns. This is not including tonight, so the touchdowns will stay the same, but the, the yards will go, they'll fluctuate. But what a game. What a game. Redshirt freshman quarterback, Grayson McCall. I think we've got to talk about him with Heisman. He beat Zach Wilson, so we've got to talk about him. I am pumped to watch Coastal Carolina play in a New Year's Six Bowl. That is going to be awesome. I don't know which one they'll play in, but you know what? If they keep winning the way they do, they're going to be playing a big dog and hopefully win. Unlike when Northern Illinois played Florida State in the Orange Bowl, hopefully it's not like that game. Hopefully it's like the Boise State's playing Georgia's or TCU's or Kansas versus Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl. That game was freaking sick. We can basically consider Kansas a mid-major at this point, can't we? I take out Tyler Renzen and put in Todd Reesing to my early cho- my early voting thing. My quarterback list, I like Todd Reesing a lot more than Tyler Renzen. I'm glad I talked about Kansas because I would have totally forgot about Ty- uh, Wow, Todd Reesing. Because he was a short guy as well. And Kansas was good. They had Jake Sharp, Kerry uh, Meyer, Daryl Stuckey. I think Aqib Tlaib was on that team as well. So, yeah, go and watch those Kansas highlights too. That was the game. That season... Kansas and Missouri were number one and two in the nation and played each other, I believe at Arrowhead, to see who was going to go to the Big 12 championship game. And Missouri won and then got beat by Oklahoma. So sadly, we didn't get to see Missouri or Kansas in the national championship game. So that sucked, but we move. And that's why we're sitting here in 2020. And man, what an exciting end to the game. I, I'm a pump. This is a pump show. I like this show. This is one of my favorite shows I've done in a very, very long time. And I hope you all enjoyed it, because I sure as hell enjoyed it. And I hope you listened to the very end of the show. As a reminder, go and subscribe to The Logan Blackman Show. Go follow The Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. 
Twitter, Instagram, go like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, go follow the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts, go rate it if you haven't already. And I wanted to talk more about sporting, but this show is just too good of a show to put a lot of Debbie Downerness. Talk about sporting Kansas City and how they just decided, you know what? We're done. We're mentally checked out of this game. Johnny Russell was the only one that didn't, and he looked pissed off after the game and should have been. Yeah, congratulations, Minnesota United, though. Nothing to take it away against them, but yeah, sporting played like absolute shit. And I hope they bounce back and get some more good pieces at the end of the, this offseason because they, though they were the number one seed, Stuart Holden said this during the game. Though they were the one seed, it never felt like they were the best team in the West. 100%. That's why I didn't have them winning the MLS Cup this year, even going to the MLS Cup this year. Because, honestly, I don't think they're a better team than Seattle. And at certain points of the season, they played down to the level of competition, and it hurt them. And sometimes they just completely shut off, like they did against Minnesota United. And I got a text from my friend Aaron about that game, because I told people to text me if they lost, because I didn't know what would happen. And, um... Yeah, defense still needs some work. Alan Polito needs to be healthy. Uh, they're talking about making Gotti Kinda DP. So who's going to be leaving this offseason? Because I believe you can only have three DPs on an MLS roster, which is designated player. And right now it's Felipe Gutierrez, Alan Polito, and Johnny Russell. So if they can only have three, who's leaving? Because those are Sporting's three best players outside of like Tim Melia. That's going to be scary to figure out who leaves out of those three because... Johnny Russell's the captain. Alan Polito is probably the best player on the team when he's when he was playing this year. And Felipe Gutierrez, prior to Alan Polito, was the best player on the team. So those are like those are your three best players, field players. One of them might be gone this offseason. If you're really thinking about putting Gotti Kinda as a designated player. And does Gotti Kinda an improvement on those three? No, he's not an improvement on Felipe Gutierrez. I think if he didn't tear his ACL, I don't know if Gotti Kinda would really be talked about as being made as a designated player. So We'll have to see. We will have to see. But that's all I've got for you today on this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show, recorded on a Saturday. First time we've ever done this. And, yeah, I hope you all had a great weekend. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you all later. we got some more NFL draft stuff to talk about the next show we're on. Got some jet stuff with Sam Darnold. Where he could he end up? We've talked about this a lot, but go more in-depth. I heard a rumor about him going to a certain team which would be very funny if it actually happened. So with that being said, that's all I'm going to leave you on for that. Hope you all have a great day. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Had a great weekend. And that being said, go subscribe to Logan Blackman Show and go follow it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I will see you all later. Peace.